0: You guys, you literally get um, all of our our training, our strategies, you get the sales funnels we use, you get all the scripts, you get everything um, that I've only really shared in the past with my $25,000 clients. And uh, you guys get this all for free. You just gotta cover the cost of shipping and handling. So um, if you don't have this book yet, now is the time to get it. Down below this video somewhere, I'm sure there's gonna be a button to click on it. Uh, You go over pay, I think it's $7.95 for shipping, and we'll ship this out to you. Um, And I promise you this business will transform your business, it's gonna transform your life. Welcome to Novice to Master, a podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs just like myself. My name's Greg Blake, and I invite you to celebrate all of my successes, push through all of my failures. My goal here is to encourage and to inspire other people who are on the same journey in money-making online. I'll share with you my knowledge, everything that I gain and what I've got to offer to hopefully help you push through on your journey from novice to master what's up and welcome back to another episode of novice to master so we're moving right along with the dot-com secrets and we're now up to secret number 11 which means we're actually getting to the end of the secrets So it's pretty cool and i think we're gonna make it before funnel hacking live happens and i'm Hoping so. Actually, as a matter of fact, the plan is to just drop an episode every day up till. So you guys are going to get a little bit of a rush off of episodes, but uh, it'll be worth it because I want to be able to bring you guys some updates along the way of Funnel Hacking Live. Every day I plan on sharing what I've learned, some of the notes and anything else I could take away from and hopefully some interviews with some uh, people with really great stories, which will be awesome. I've already talked to a lot of people who are going to be there, so it looks like there's a real good chance for that. But either way, though, I'll be dropping an episode every day until we've gotten through .com Secrets, and that should take us right up to the first episode for Season 2, which is going to be The Road to Funnel Hacking Live, which is going to be awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and dive right into secret number 11. Secret 11 is the 23 building blocks of a funnel. Now, the idea behind this is you think of funnel building kind of like playing with Legos. Uh, You can put them together however you want, and you do this to get your desired result. As long as you have all of the right pieces, you can rearrange them however you want to get the results that you're aiming for. Russell says this is how he teaches his 25K clients. They go through each phase and map out what the building blocks will yield for the best results. Then they test to see how they convert. Often they have to move blocks around or, you know, uh, kind of like change some of the copy, add a video, something like that along the way. Once they do that, they then test again. So basically, the idea is you put them together and you try it, you test it, you tweak it and start over go right back to the beginning try test tweak and that's how direct response marketers have created magic for over a hundred years now anything you do online in marketing at all you're going to do changes and tests and you're going to see how this works how that works you, know, you never know what your market's actually going to respond, but what you want to do is let your market tell you what works. You never really do this just off of a theory. That's part of the idea of funnel hacking is going through and seeing what the market has already said is working, using that and kind of changing it to your way, but you stay along the same guidelines, which gives you a little bit of an edge with anything you do in marketing. Essentially, with relating this back to Legos again, uh, with Lego sets, there's basically two types. You can buy all the blocks and let your imagination flow like the big kits you used to get when you were a kid with all kinds of just different colored blocks. Or you can get the special kits that give you the pieces for certain things. And in the case of Legos, you can think the Death Star, the Batcave, uh, even Minecraft pieces. But you get—it's just a kit, and you know what it's going to turn into. These ones come with instructions that tell you how to build it step by step. So, if like me, and apparently like Russell, if you love Lego kits, especially as a kid, you're going to love Click Funnels. Uh, it works kind of similar to the idea. You just kind of pick the cool thing you want and you build it. Uh, Basically you kind of click a button and you choose what you want and you automatically have it arranged in the right order, which anybody who's used click funnels kind of gets the idea of how that works. And another really good way that he shows it is if you actually go on click funnels and you look through some of the templates or not even the templates, just you go in to make a funnel he actually brings up videos where he does demonstrate this with giant Lego blocks. I, it's really cool. Um, Another place they show it is the Funnel Hackers Cookbook, which I have, and maybe we'll go through that one day on YouTube and a little bit here. Um, all right, so in this chapter, what we're going to learn is the 23 most successful blocks for your funnel and how those certain blocks will work better at different value ladder steps. Now, remember, just like if you're playing with Legos, kind of freestyle in it, uh, this these certain blocks can still be moved around what works here may need tweaking there and this is all depending on your market's response but initially he recommends starting with his version and then as you test it and see what your market has to say about it which they're going to tell you with their wallets i you're not going to get a direct feedback we're looking at stats on that um But as it's tested, we'll see what works in general. And then you're going to try moving things around to make it a little more successful and see what you get out of it. But these 23 blocks are what he's most often used. And they're best used at certain steps within the four phases. Um, At the point of sale and after, is where you'll start to build new ones for the last phases, which will kind of give you a customization to it. Uh, And a lot of it all depends on what your market, what you're selling, stuff like that. But you understand basically from feedback how you wanna change it. So we're gonna start by looking at the pre-frame bridge page. Now, this is the most common building block for preframes that we're getting into here, uh, the goal is to warm prospects into the right frame of mind to be most receptive. So, quizzes. Uh, Russell go, uh, describes these as a great preframe that gets people thinking along the same lines as the next step of the funnel. Use these questions to help them remember the problem. You're going to require people to opt in with their email to get their results. That, that's the best way to do it and to knock out two birds with one stone. You know, uh, This basically does the first two phases of the funnel at once, then immediately offering something to qualify them as a buyer. Pretty much you're going to do like three or four questions, and this will help keep the prospect on the quiz till the end of it he says that there are some people who have success with up to 20, but a lot of this goes back to knowing your customer, what they're going to like, what they're not going to like. And then the rest of it comes from testing it, finding out what the response to it is. But you want to kind of show how much farther they have to go, like question one of four, question two of four, you know, et cetera. Cause like everything else, This is essentially something you want to test for what works in your unique market because no markets are exactly the same. And while you can use bits and pieces from something that works in another market and yours and see success, that's not really decided until after we've run some traffic through it. But quizzes can also help you segment your leads while you pre-frame. The example he gives is asking questions like, do you have a dog or a cat? How old is it? And you're breaking them down into a group to use to your advantage for whatever your product is. Uh, In that specific example, it was talking about the idea of selling like dog food or dog treats. But you pretty much move each of them into a different funnel location after a different set of questions. Articles is another good one to use, uh, especially with banner ads, he says. They can be from your site, but are more effective if they appear to be from a third party source. And it makes it kind of like an endorsement. It's sort of like borrowing somebody else's credibility. And these could be like a case study of how you help somebody solve a problem, an article on how your product works, or it may have nothing to do with you, just sets up the problem and what is required to solve it. Then you need to add a call to action. Basically, click here to learn more, subscribe today, get your free sample here. Uh, Again, that's all product and market dependent, though. But it could basically be a link in the article. It could be a button at the bottom. You could take a picture inside of it and have that be the link or attached to the link or any combination of the above, which you want to put your call to action somewhere at least once in the original, uh, above the fold as it were. So that when somebody sees it in in a window, just a normal sized window, they can take full action off of an article. Anytime you're using content like that, you have to remember that most people aren't going to read the entire thing. They're going to read enough to get what they want out of it, which is hopefully going to be enough to make them take the action. So you want to give them the option to take the action in the initial window in what they see. The main thing to think about with this is not to be unethical. Use only legitimate articles and legitimate websites. Uh, One method he talks about using was encouraging one of his best students to write an article about his product or about in your case, about you or about your product and use that. So basically you've still got an ethical article. You already know how it's going to turn out and you can actually put your call to action in there, which on top of which you can make them an affiliate. And it really gives them an incentive to do it. Another thing is news, which I only a little different from an article. An article is considered informative. News is, well, it's news. It's still informative to an extent. It's just not quite as educational. But news or anything perceived as news automatically commands more attention than other reading matters. You got to think about it. We're basically programmed as people to pay special attention to anything that may be a threat. This is why the evening use evening news uses headlines like uh, special alert disaster update These are phrased to get your attention and convince us a developing event is going to destroy to destroy the world which if you notice with the news oftentimes it's not really what it claims to be, which goes back to being ethical. But that's all about ratings, and that's kind of the step they take. But anytime pre-framing is attached to a current news story, it receives a bump in attention while that story dominates the news. So tying to an upcoming election or a natural disaster will get people to pay more attention as per the connection when they see it. Of course, this has a downside, though. I'm sure you already see it coming, but it's it's pretty short-lived. When the event's going on, it can be a massive upsurge in traffic while the story is hot. But we all know what happens in the news and stories disappear, sometimes quicker than others. So obviously this doesn't open a very big window. When you do this, though, you want to design the page like a news page, even with a special bar on the side or with a headline on the bottom or a sidebar with relevant side stories. This increases the credibility. So it actually makes it a little more effective, but just like with the last one, don't go overboard. Uh, You don't want to deal with the FTC. Uh, I guess there's been some marketers in the past who've created completely fake stories. And I know odds are you've probably seen them. Um, They've cracked down on it a lot. So a lot of those guys aren't even online anymore, but on top of that, it's also bad for business. I mean, if Nobody trusts you, and there's no trust, or you've totally violated trust. You're not going to get any sales. So, just be ethical. You want to tell the truth, and you want to keep everything. You know, you want to set up the no like and trust relationship with your audience. Now, another pre-frame he recommends are blogs. Uh, they could be used as a pre-frame on any topic. You could write about how you're different from your competitors, and post it to your blog. The results will probably be better if it's a guest blog or you even just write the blog and have somebody else post it as though they wrote it and take credit for it. because you know, just like uh, with articles, if you're not actually tied to it, it's going to be more effective because it gives you an extra credibility. Another one that he recommends is videos. YouTube videos make a great pre-frame, especially testimonials, and you'll see a lot of people that use reviews for that too, but the video should agitate the problem for the viewer or educate them on a process or an idea. Basically, the goal is to make them desire the offer and the solution. Emails are another really great way, which I know earlier in the book, we talked about the idea that um, with the emails, it, it gives a warm traffic to some extent or a warmer. So whether you're thinking about your own email list, which is usually warm or hot, or you're thinking about a JV affiliate or solo ad list, it's still you have a warmness to it because you're using that person's credibility. And that's how this works. Well, it works well with buying a solo ad or using a JV partner to endorse you. Like I said, you're borrowing their credibility and that pre-frames you as a great person or your product as a great solution for their problem. Again, this is the same idea that they used to use in direct mail where they would send a lift letter with whatever it was recommending how great you were, your product was, or your service. But this is basically a reimagining uh, or a reimagining of a previously used thing, uh, making it more modern. Now, pre-sell pages are the next one on the list. And what they do is they tell a story to educate people before you sell them. So these will be like an article used to give a background or an education to prospects. To help them understand and put them into the right frame of mind so that they're more likely to buy your offer. And this is one he actually says works great for affiliates, um, which we'll actually go into how here in just a few minutes. So now we're on to the next part, which is qualifying subscribers. And with this, your goal is to get people to opt in, subscribe to your newsletter, or request your free offer. This, At this point, we're kind of separating casual visitors from those who are willing to trade their email address for more information. He goes into a few of the ways that he's found most successful and recommends for getting these opt-ins, getting people to trade their email for info or a freebie or whatnot. And the first one is actually pop-ups, which I know everybody remembers pop-ups. The annoying little boxes that popped up on almost every page that you visited. Um, Anybody who was into the internet in the late 90s, early 2000s, you all remember them because they were obnoxious and annoying. Um, All of the ad blockers and pop-up blockers have kind of made them almost obsolete for years. And marketers had all but abandoned these. However, recently, new types of pop ups that aren't as easy to block have been created and have become a good tool for list building in a lot of situations. And now that's not to say these are malicious. They aren't, we're not talking about the pop ups like how with AOL, your entire window would freeze up and you'd have pop up after pop up. These are a lot more ethical. They're not nearly as. spammy i guess you'd call them uh what we're talking about though is i know you've seen these and i'll actually talk about another a couple versions of them throughout this list but they're basically they pop up as part of what you've already clicked on Uh, you've probably seen them especially with click funnels Um, we'll get into those a little bit more Uh, a couple of these will make a lot it'll make a lot more sense as we go along anyways but they have a downside too because google and facebook will not approve ads that go to pages with pop-ups on them so it doesn't work for every situation and it doesn't work all the time but they can still be a really powerful tool if used carefully now the next thing you recommend is squeeze page this is basically the simplest way to qualify subscribers they develop these to increase subscribers or their subscriber list without using a pop-up. Basically, it requires they trade their email address to get access for something, uh, a free report, a video, whatever. It forces people to focus on one thing, and you're going to have them focus in on your most important message. The way you do this is on this page you're eliminating all other distractions so that all that's really there is pretty much one choice and on the page your choice is either give your email and subscribe or close the page out so this actually you know you have a message on it still just not very long the best squeeze pages seem to have less words on them. But the main thing you want to focus on is your benefit of what you're selling because nobody actually wants any of the free stuff you're giving out. Nobody wants another course. What they really want is benefits. They want to know what's in it for them and they want to know what they're getting. And this is what you want to focus on and lead with. Now, the next thing on the list is the click pop. And this is one of the pop-ups, like I told you we were going to go into here in just a minute. This is one of the ways these are used. This is a way to get people to join your list uh, through a button on your blog or through some other web page. They have the option to click it and pretty much a squeeze page pops up. It's a squeeze page style pop-up anyways. Um, It'll pop up and they get a choice of give their email or you know, leave it just like a squeeze page. But if they give you their email address, they go on to the next page. And this is the next step in your offer and your funnel. But these click pop buttons are great because they can be placed in tons of places and you wouldn't normally be able to put something or an, a uh, opt-in page on these places traditionally, but this makes it so you can get opt-ins out of articles and blogs. Okay, so the next way that you can accomplish qualifying your subscribers is a free plus shipping or a two-step form. This is a web form that takes advantage of the buyer psychology, and it combines both qualifying subscribers and qualifying buyers. And it's done in basically two steps. Um, the first step, what you're going to do is you're going to ask for their contact info. and. You're going to see who's willing to trade their contact info for your freebie or for just, you know for more info. Uh, this is going to qualify your subscribers. The second step to it is asking for their credit card info. Now this is going to be in trade to cover the shipping costs. Uh, this is where you're going to qualify your buyers. Step one is going to sign them up for your email list, even if they don't take advantage of step two. Now, another way that is really popular and really well used is webinar registration. When people register for the free webinar, of course, they're going to give you their email for the info on this webinar. If it's an automated webinar, they're going to pick the time they're going to watch it, fill in the email info, and then they're subscribed to your list. And since they signed up for this webinar, they're going to be looking for an email from you to confirm the information on it. And for more information, you know, link and all of that. Another thing recommended is a free account. This works with software or with a light version of the software and a membership program is the best. Your visitor is going to create an account to get access to whichever one of these you're using. And at this point, they're added to your subscriber list. This is really similar to a squeeze page, squeeze page, often more often than not. But since they're creating an account, you're going to get more info from them, and it's not going to hurt your conversion rate. They're going to be a lot more likely to offer more info, and because of the fact that they're signing up for something, you know, some sort of a membership. Now, the last thing in the qualifying subscribers is brings us back to the conversation about the pop-up. This is the exit pop. It's basically your last chance pop-up after people are trying to click away from your site. And it's pretty much just going to put it in front of them again and ask them if they are sure that they really want to leave without subscribing. One of the things he recommends is actually putting a special offer to entice them to sign up. Most likely, if they're going to leave your page though, they're not coming back. So this isn't a case of being afraid to annoy somebody a little, you should just go ahead and do it. I mean, why not make one last attempt, you know? Which brings us into qualifying buyers. Now, when you're qualifying buyers, your goal is to get people to pull out their credit cards and actually pay you for something. The first purchase is the hardest to get. So, you want to offer something of value for a very low price. This has to be like a no-brainer. Then, you're going to guide them through your value ladder as soon as you can but it's going to be over time based off of your product like we were talking about in a previous episode again this brings us back to the free plus shipping which anybody who knows anything about click or russell brunson will tell you this is pretty much his favorite uh sometimes i wonder if he wasn't the originator of this idea but what you do is you create a product in his case a lot of times it's a book or it's an ebook but the value of it is ridiculous, usually. It's usually pretty high, like really high value, but you're going to give it away for free, um, basically in exchange for them paying the shipping. He describes it as being the perfect bait because of the fact that it gets your product into the hands of a new customer. So they actually get the value that you provide upfront, and this actually helps worm traffic to you. And it's one of the best ways because who wouldn't trade a couple dollars for a book? You know, I mean, I've gotten a ton of his books. I think I've got everything he's done so far, but another one is a trial. Um, this is kind of a low cost offer, but it's a great way to get people to tell you that they're buyers and the easiest and most popular that's usually offered trial-wise, is a trial for a dollar. They use their credit card and they register. And they're going to be billed in a few days if they decide to keep the product. Now, this is best for items that don't need shipped, like digital download software or membership sites. But I know personally, I've signed up for quite a few of them. Uh, A lot of it all depends on what it's for. But again, this is actually a really high value for an extremely low cost. But you're also creating continuity too. Another one, which I'm sure you've heard us talk about this, especially, uh, I know Mike talks about using them a lot. But the tripwire funnels. Um, Tripwires are smaller offers to get buyers in the door. These are often just a splinter of your core product. Uh, An example of this is basically giving like a module of your training sessions away to people uh, for a smaller price or a basically like a limited trial, but you're gonna give them like a splinter, small section of whatever it is you're offering. This works for physical products. It also works for digital downloads, but it all depends on your market and your product, of course. Now, another way he gives you is the self-liquidating offer, or the SLO, which you'll hear me refer to it a little later in this book as the SLO. But the goal of this is to have your front-end offer, which is usually between $37 and $97, liquidate your ad costs so that your upsells are pure profit. The way this really differs the most from the previous ones is Most of the other ones, the free plus shipping and trials, they actually don't really pay for the ads. You usually end up losing a little bit of money, but the thing you gain is the customer and that's what matters. And that's where your real value is at because anybody who does marketing at all understands that the true value of a company is your list. Your list is really your biggest asset. And that's what the goal with all of this is, is building your list. Because Your warm and hot traffic is really where your money's at, anyways. Now, on the other side of it, though, uh, with the free plus shipping or the SLO, um, or free plus shipping versus the SLO, your free plus shipping, you will end up breaking even as they move along your value ladder in the same funnel, so when they move on to the other offers, which we're going to talk about in a minute in identifying hyperactive buyers, but when they start moving through that, that's where you're going to break even, and it's going to pay for itself, and you still get a customer. Now, a straight sale is the next way of identifying buyers. This one is a regular sale, and it's usually of a high ticket item, which he describes in the book, a high ticket as being $97 to $5,000 or more. Typically, this is only introduced to warm traffic or your warm market, and it's usually after a webinar warms them even further so that the attractive character and them have a bond or a little bit more of a bond before anybody even gets the chance to make the investment, let alone the fact that they have to be warmed to that point before they even will. We're up to identifying hyperactive buyers. And what we're trying to do here is figure out who is a hyperactive buyer. And what we wanna do to decide this is at the point of sale, we need to offer an upsell immediately after qualifying them as a buyer. And we're gonna do this with a low cost offer right after our low cost or free offer. The first way that this is done is with bump orders or bump sales rather. Uh, it's just a little offer and you add it to the order form once they've uh, gotten to that point. They're signing on um, to go ahead and order what they previously had said they wanted. Um, you've seen these usually the little boxes on the order form. They're little dotted line boxes. Russell says that these have completely and totally transformed his business. The way to think about this is it's similar to the idea of candy bars and gum and little things like that. And well, even back to the idea of him talking about the national Enquirer. uh, these are the things that sit around the grocery store checkout when you're waiting in line, uh, that create impulse buys. This is basically the same thing on a funnel. Um, these two lines, these things are usually two lines of text with the order form and they have a checkbox on them, just a little checkbox, couple lines. And a lot of them have this little flashing arrow, but often you're able to get 40% of buyers to upgrade and pay for the, an extra $37 at the point of sale. As Russell goes on to explain, um, But this is actually, I I mean, honestly, I'm guilty of buying a lot of stuff and upgrading at this point. Uh, It's usually, it's like a split second decision and it's just like I said, it's basically an impulse buy or an impulse upgrade. Usually you want to make these kind of, again, no brainers, at least from what I've seen, Uh, or maybe not even to the extent of no brainer, but you basically want to add to the value of what you're getting. Um, a good example of this is in Grant Cardone's or uh, actually even Jim Edwards's funnels um, for copywriting secrets. Your upgrade was the audiobook, which was actually read by him, which if you get a chance and you go through any of those funnels, pick up the audio book. It's definitely worth it. I don't regret it at all. Um, both him and Grant Cardone both read them themselves and add so much more value to the book than what just the book itself is. After that, we move into the idea of the one-time offer, which is actually usually the next step in the funnel. Um, If you go through a click funnels funnel or anybody associated, especially the 25K or any of the comic club winners, you'll notice this pattern. Um, It's pretty much recurring. This is actually the exact funnel structure they teach you in the one funnel away challenge. But you move on to the one-time offer or the OTO, as it's called. This is a special offer right after the very first part of the front end is purchased. Um, so if you don't buy the stuff before, you don't come to this this area. Uh, no point in wasting anybody's time, right? Uh, the best OTOs are products that add or complement the value of the initial purpose or initial product. Um, Russell often makes multiple separate offers throughout his funnels, which you'll see, um, they still call them one-time offers, but they usually come right after the sales page. And I've seen on some of his, they'll go up two or three separate different ones. And the idea though, is even if you do this in your funnel, you want to basically keep the sequence adding value to the initial offer. Now, what happens if you're on the one-time offer and you say no? Well, that brings us right into the next part of identifying hyperactive buyers. And these are down sales. If a buyer says no to the one-time offer, you can downsell them to a different product or a payment plan on the original offer. Russell says that often 25% of people who say no to the one-time offer will actually say yes to payment plans on a down sale, which that is true. I've done that a few times, but affiliate recommendations is the next part that you can do to identify them. Uh, This often happens when they land on the thank you page. And after thanking them uh, in Russell's personal funnels, actually put a link or link them to move over to offers that are likely to serve them and they're usually just affiliate offers through a program or something similar that it, it again still adds to the value and that's what really matters all right so that brings us to the end of secret 11 so thank you for listening today and we'll talk to you again soon I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy recording it. If so, please give us a like, a follow, a review, and a few downloads if you're over at Apple. And, of course, please share us with some of your friends. Any support like this is greatly appreciated and helps me out, lets me know that I'm doing a good job and that you're enjoying the content. Also... For more content, feel free to come over and join us over at our Facebook group. I'll put a link down in the description of the video. And we'll see you next time.